It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Divas That Care. My name is Candace Gish. Well, I'm so excited that you've all tuned into today's program. Uh, for any of you that if it's your very first time, thank you so much. Our program has been running now for almost 11 years. We're actually in our 11th year right now. And it's because of all of our listeners that we've continued to develop our program, and now we are listening to in over 30 countries around the world. So a big shout-out to all of you. Uh, today's program, we're going to be introducing a brand-new diva to our family. Her name is Mandy Really Voss. I hope I pronounced that right, Mandy. And I'm very excited because this woman is a mover and a shaker, and I can't wait for her to share all her tips and tools today. So, Mandy, welcome to the program today. Thanks so much for having me. Super excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to get to know you. Mandy, before we kind of dive into stuff, would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and some of the things you like to do? Okay, sure. So, as she said, my name is Mandy, and the pronunciation of my last name is Relier Voss. I don't think anyone ever gets it right. (laughs) Um, I am 32 years young. And I am a new transplant to British Columbia on Vancouver Island. Uh, I'm originally from Kingston, Ontario, and I made the move out here five months ago to chase outdoor adventure. Uh, And that's kind of my number one uh, hobby. What I like to do in my spare time is just explore the outdoors. I'm currently gearing up, and I'm going to spend a lot of time this summer doing backcountry backpacking. And I, in, nice. since COVID started, I've gotten really good at sourdough bread. I knit a lot. I paint. I read books. I play guitar. I play piano. I've got lots and lots and lots of hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think all of us have kind of developed some new skills through this COVID-19 thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, like I run an online business um, and I have been working from home pretty much since the beginning. There was a two-year period where I did rent office space. But to be completely honest, my lifestyle hasn't really changed that much. Um, I work for myself. I work from home. My clientele has remained pretty much the same. We've actually grown. So the hobbies, um, like I have a lot of hobbies, but I've kind of had to rededicate myself to that because when you work at home, sometimes you get into the trap of working a lot versus leaving, going to an office and then having a quick time. So I've developed strategies um, to ensure that I'm like not working too much. Like I have an office and I close my door when the day's done and I'm not allowed to come back in here. So that means I have to do hobby stuff. (laughs) I love it. Well, I think that's so important. And, you know, just starting to show off with that great tip because a lot of people don't think of it that way. And especially if you're working at home, you think, okay, you know, I either I'm not dedicated enough or I'm too dedicated. And how do you get that really good balance? And, you know, for myself, a mentor for mine years ago said, do your stuff in 15-minute increments. You'll get a lot more done. You're more productive. And it just, it was, it helped me immensely, especially with having my children at home because I was homeschooling. So I, I love that aspect that you do that too. Um, one of the things that you help people with, which is absolutely 
a great topic for today's program is social media. And I want to talk a little bit about that because now that everybody is at home and they're trying to figure things out, how is it that they need to use social media in order to keep on building their businesses? So that's a really, really great question. There are lots of answers to this. I'll give a little bit of background. So my company is called Like a Voss Social Media. Um, I'm in my eighth year now, and we have a team of six and a few contractors. Uh, We specialize in organic social media growth. So that means no paid advertisements. All of our clients rely on us to create their content and share their content and then engage with their audience in order to drive those numbers up and reach the, uh, the goals. So the way that we use social media is a lot different than, say, a paid ad agency. So, you know, a paid ad agency will put up a video, put two grand behind it, have a quick click through to a landing page and make a sale. Whereas what we are doing is creating a community of engaged, loyal fans around brands that, you know, are the ones going out and singing your praises to, say, all of their friends. Um, The shift with COVID is a, a lot more time is being spent online. And with that, there's a lot more chances to engage and get in front of the eyes of the target market in an organic way. Um, that being said, I mean, it really depends on the, the company, what strategies are employed, but being very um, intentional about what you're doing on social media is really important because you can easily just kind of get lost in a rabbit hole and waste time, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It actually it really makes a lot of sense. And, you know, cause a lot of people are, I like that you're making a distinction there because a lot of people are probably wondering what the difference is and what does it mean to be organic? And, and you're, you're saying you're, you spend time and you're, and I think too, you don't necessarily, if you're going to spend money on marketing or um, you're going to have to continue to spend money on that and you're not really growing in the more money you put out there. So I really like what your company is doing. Yeah, so, like, for example, um, and this happened, like, yesterday. So we had this client, a very, very small Instagram account, um, and he's been struggling to supply us with content because he's a new father, he's a musician, um, and, you know, in raising a child <laughs> in um, in a household during COVID, it's just a lot, right? And we're like, oh, we need some photos mm-hmm. from you or we need video content. He's like, I just don't have time to do it. So we're like, okay, cool. You're a piano player, so, you know, we're going to post what we have of you playing piano, but we're also going to find some, like, heartwarming content online um, and share other people's content of them playing piano. And we put a post out, and uh, it blew up, like, almost immediately. I haven't – I don't have his account open in front of me right now since I'm on my phone. Um, But, like, within – an hour of this post going out, it had hit 11,894 reach. And his account oh, was wow. like, so, and this is just simply sharing someone else's video. And we've got like, right now the video views are at 3,408 with 34 comments. And like, all we did was find a really heartwarming piece of content and share it on the feed and give credit back to the person who originally created it. And it just kind of blew up, and it was mostly from the hashtags on the post. But 
you know, like this is this is intentional, right? Like, okay, the people that are following this person mm-hmm. follow him because they are fans of piano. They like listening to people play piano. They're interested in him as a piano player. So this is why it worked, right? We're speaking directly to the audience. Um, and, and that, like, there's a difference between just putting content out for the sake of putting content out and really kind of yeah. thinking the content you're putting out and ensuring that it's speaking to your target audience. So that's something that you help your clients with is finding out what their target is, because if not, they'll be lost in the shuffle because there's so much that people can do. And if they don't go very specific, then it doesn't really work out. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on the size of of the, um, the company or the person that we're working with. So like we work with some pretty big, big brands. And like when you're at a certain level, the expectation is that you have your target market profile outlined and then you've got your, your branding guide completed and you're kind of just providing us with that info to create the strategy with the smaller people that aren't really sure we do take time to work with them and determine what that target audience is based on the goals. Uh, we do a discovery session with every single client, no matter how big or small and ask some very pointed questions to uncover that information. Um, our discovery session is like sometimes a client's favorite part because we ask something they're like, Oh my gosh, no one's ever asked me that before. And like, in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if no one's ever asked you, then how are they delivering you the best quality content that speaks to your audience? Like to me, it's just kind of like a no brainer, but they never thought about it and no other company that they'd worked with or talked to had ever asked that question. So yeah, like we have a very intentional way of how we come up with strategies for clients. And then like, as an example by this is, you know, like he wasn't able to provide the content that we wanted. So we went out and found content that fit within the strategy. I love that. You're probably seeing a lot of things too, because a lot of people are going into this. They're telling people they're social media experts and they're really probably don't have all the information that's required. Yeah. So it's been a very saturated industry since I started. I mean, to be honest with you, I started and I didn't know a whole lot. Um, I knew that I had built an audience around the business I was working for and I was great at engaging and I was great at creating excitement around contesting and writing that content. And, you know, a couple of people that I had worked with reached out to me privately and said, Hey, we really like what you're doing with this company. Can you do ours? And I kind of was like, Oh, never even considered that. And starting the business, there was no business plan. There was no grand, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm going into business for myself. I threw up a website, made a logo, named it. And like two days later, I was just kind of working. And then I ended up quitting my job um, and going for it. And it, you know, like I didn't set out thinking that this is what I was going to do. And like the things that I was doing eight years ago are not things that anyone should be doing now. Um, I have definitely improved. I'm continually updating my training. But, you know, like, yeah, you can call yourself a social media expert, but, you know, what, what are the credentials? Like, what have you done? Uh, who yeah. have you worked with? What are the results you provided? Um, I'm pretty sure at, at some point I wrote a blog on, like, seven questions to ask your social media manager, which is a great tool um, to use when you are trying to look for either a single person, solopreneur business, or an agency like mine. Um, do your research, right? Don't just hire someone. A lot of the people that we've worked with are like, oh, I hired someone, and I feel like they totally ripped me off. Like, I don't know what they did. They didn't deliver on what they promised. I paid them. The work didn't get done. Unfortunately, there is a lot of that out there. So, I mean, I recommend, you know, probably vetting the person that you decide to work with. 
I think that's really great advice because I think we need to, even though we think that somebody might be a good fit for us, we should do our, our research just to find out if they have the credentials like you're saying. So thank you so much for sharing that. I wanted to dive into something else. You had said there's a cause that's near and dear to you. Can you kind of share that with us? Yeah, so um, I love that my interview is this week because it aligns perfectly with me talking about this. So this is Eating Disorder Awareness Week um, in Canada, February 1st to the 7th. Um, I have spoken publicly about this one other time, (laughs) Uh, but I suffered from two eating disorders in my youth. I guess I'm still young-ish, but, you know, 17, 18, 19, I was bulimic and anorexic. Um, So over the years, I have um, just made body positivity and awareness about um, these things kind of a priority for me. It was hard for me to speak out about the fact that I personally had suffered from it. People just kind of saw me talking about it. Um, I also suffer from body dysmorphia, which is really, really difficult to explain. Um, Mm -hmm. But the, the, the cause that I that I care about is Body Brave. Um, they're on Instagram, Body Brave Canada. They support eating disorder treatment and support. They provide training and education. Um, and they also have a Body Peace Conference, which I wanted to attend with COVID. It's just not, no conferences because of COVID. Darn you, COVID. <laughs> uh, but yeah, definitely check them out on Instagram. Uh, they've got a great website. Donate if you can. Um, and if you're if you're big on Instagram, go over to their page and share their post for this week. It's actually been really cool. They have like a seven day countdown they're doing. Um, show us your purple blank. So like day one was plants, day two was clothing, day three was books, day four is crafts. And I posted my little photo with me and my purple wool for my knitting project this morning, <laughs> just to spread oh, wow. awareness. Color, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know if you if you want me to talk any more about like my experiences with it or you know why I think it's important well, I to educate. I think it's, it's a wonderful thing that you're talking about because I think especially with you being in social media and your business, having that it's a big topic. You know, young girls are overwhelmed with out there, and there's filters, there's so much, and then you're trying to feel like you fit in. And I think it's really important for people to have an awareness about that and to have organizations that they can contact, especially parents that have children that are going through this. Yeah. So this is, this is a really loaded topic for me. Um, So I have a strict no filter policy. None of the content that I post online that shows my face is, is filtered in any way. I do not edit my photos. I don't use presets on my social media. Uh, if you go to my Instagram, it's a very small following, um, very intentional posting, a lot of mental health awareness, um, body positivity stuff, and then just me. Um, the reason that I do this is because of what I experienced growing up. Um, I remember reading my diary, and like this is this is like one of the most sad things and my my mother like cries if I talk about this is like there's this this post in my diet or this entry in my journal um that basically said like if I lose weight boys will like me and at this point I was about 17 and I'd never been kissed I'd never had a boyfriend and I dropped like 70 pounds in six months um due to anorexia and bulimia 
Um, and I landed my first boyfriend when I was 100 pounds and looked absolutely sick. And I dated him for quite a while. Um, it wasn't until I was, like, 21 that I kind of healed, quote, unquote. Uh, there are definitely lasting effects of this. Um, but, you know, I'm at a healthy weight now. Um, I do not wear makeup. I wear mascara or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, but due, due to, you know, this having been part of my past, I have to be, like, aware of my weight because I still do the compare game. I still body shame myself as much as I, you know, try to promote the opposite. It's very deep inside of me. Um, you know, like, I know that I'm a healthy weight. Um, I know that I look great. I know that, but but I but my brain and my inner critic doesn't truly let me feel it. If that makes any sense, like I you know like yeah, I'm look in the mirror, I'm like, oh man, you need to lose ten pounds. I'm like, no, stop, like stop saying that. No, you don't. You're fine. Like I still go through it. Um, and social media is like, and it's hard because I work in the industry, but like a huge contributor to young girls feeling these feelings. And, you know, this girl has more followers than me and look how skinny she is. And um, this, there's been a, like, an atrocious trend right now on TikTok called the Headphones Challenge. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't heard of that one yet. Okay. So this is, this is videos of young girls wrapping headphones around their waist, and you need to be able to wrap it around twice and tie it. What? Girls are videoing themselves, yeah, like the the Apple white little headphones, and they wrap them twice around and tie them to the front, and that's, like, the ideal waist size. And this is viral. Oh, my goodness. Like, what the F? Like, that is absolutely atrocious in every way. Like, that is so unhealthy. I saw some um, some videos also that, like, I'm not on TikTok, but I just, I can obviously see them in, you know, the media. um, And... I think it was like a Korean TikTok person and it was mm-hmm. a male and he was going around to uh, young women with uh, a mask and like measuring their waist. And if the, you put the, the mask on the side of their waist and then stretch where, you know, it'd go over your ears. And if it wouldn't close, he'd like look at them, shake his head and walk away like that. I don't even, what? I feel like five inches, maybe like what? I mean, this is like this is viral stuff that's presented on social media, and it's absolutely sickening. Um, and you know, and I, I struggle with that because you know I've been there, I've gone through that, I've yeah. heal, tried to heal myself, come out the other side, and it's still so prevalent. And like when I was 13, I didn't have a cell phone with access to social media, and I was still going through that. Right, like 13 is when I was, you know starting starting to have those feelings and you know my weight didn't fall off and then it was all high school stuff right so you know girls as young as 10 have cell phones now even younger you know three-year-olds are on youtube watching makeup tutorial videos like like what what i'm like i'm sorry like that's just like i got to be a kid and i still suffered through eating disorders i couldn't imagine what would have happened to me if i had the pressure of social media bearing down on me during the time that I was going through those things. You know, and that's why I like to have these conversations. People need to be more aware of it. They just, honestly, it's because it's so, they see it all the time. They don't even think about it. And 
And that's the worst thing is when you don't have those conversations and you don't realize that there's going to be these issues. And now that you're saying a lot of people, unless they're younger, they probably don't watch TikTok. You know, they don't know what's going on. So they don't know what their kids are seeing all the time. And that's a scary thing. Yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm pretty set in my ways about certain things. Um, like, I wore makeup when I was younger, and it irritated my skin, so I stopped wearing it. Um, and it really bothers me when little girls, like, little under-five-year-old girls are asking mommy to help them with makeup or asking to put on mommy's makeup or watching makeup tutorial videos. Like, I'm sorry, you're way too young for that. I don't have children, so, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I don't know what it's like for a child to beg me to do something and have to sit down and try to explain to them why. But, like, it bothers me that that is introduced so young. Like, you don't need makeup to be beautiful, especially when you're three to five years old. <laughs> like, there's no there, – I don't think that anyone requires it. It's just ingrained from such a young age. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I had a funny experience the other week. I was talking to a girlfriend, and she said something to me about, like, like makeup or foundation or, like – and I'm like, yeah, girl, I don't even own any. And she's like, what? I'm like, I own – like one foundation thing that I bought two years ago for a special event that I couldn't hire a makeup artist to come in and do it for me. And it's sitting there and it's past its expiry date. Like I literally don't own it. And she's like, wow, that's so weird. Like that you just don't own. Me. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't wear it. There are people in the world that don't wear makeup. <laughs> yep. It's not that weird. Yep. Is it? Maybe it is. I don't know. I have mascara because my eyelashes are like white blonde because I'm a ginger. <laughs> but other than that, like that's it. I put on my, I do uh, very nice. I love skincare, and yep, I do that. That's it. There's no filters, and like I'm seeing mothers, and I, I, again, I find it really hard to speak about this because I'm not a mother. So again, you know, this is just me observing as someone who spends time on social media. Like they're filtering photos of their their you know six and under child and posting them online, or the child is posing in a provocative way and they're posting that on Instagram. Or, you know, they take a video of their child posing in the mirror and talking about, oh, like, look how pretty she is. Like, I have another hard and fast rule. I actually don't comment on women on their looks. You can be the most gorgeous woman ever. And I, when I comment on your photo on social media, I don't say, wow, you're so beautiful. I say, look at that confidence. What a killer outfit. Like, every, anything That's to perfect. not base the compliment on looks. Um, we do engagement strategy documents for, uh, like, I have one for my own channels in case someone goes in and does commenting for me. And it literally says, do not ever compliment looks, ever. And it's, like, underlined. Because as a woman, I would much prefer a man or anyone be like, wow, you're so smart. Or, oh, you're such an awesome business owner. Or, like, look at, look what you built for yourself. Or, oh, you look so great in that outfit. Not, you are pretty. Like, that is just the most shitty like okay so what yeah I am pretty but like there's so much more to me than that and that is not what my focus is my focus is on my business and my hobbies and Mm -hmm. building up other women and shining light on issues yeah okay I'm pretty but that is just so not not my value or any woman's value for that matter I love that tip (laughs) I do like I think that is so powerful because a lot of people don't and I'm and I'm probably bad for that. When I see a, a friend that I haven't seen, I'm like, wow, that's just, that's a beautiful photo. Like I, I have to be aware of that. And I want to thank you for sharing that because I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. So I mean, like it's, you know, it's not like it's, 
you can't say something looks related. Like, oh my gosh, look at that smile is still more impactful than you're pretty. Right. Like that, because a smile, like they're smiling for a reason. What was the feeling behind that smile? Someone compliments my smile, makes me smile more. Um, Oh, I love the way you did your hair today. That's, you know, like a looks-based compliment, but that it, that doesn't just blanket it as like, oh, you're so pretty. Oh, like here, yeah. I'm like, I'm no took time to style your hair in a way that makes you feel good about yourself. Uh, what a killer outfit. You know, that's a style compliment. Still kind of looks related, but again, not you are pretty or you are beautiful. Because, you know, those are, are terms that, you know, there's a beauty standard, right? Well, no, everyone's mm-hmm. beautiful in their own way. Um, and yeah, I like I mean, that. So yeah, that is that probably, I love that tip. Like, I'll be honest with you. I think that is such a strong, powerful, empowering tip to, to share with our listeners today. So I hope all of you that are listening today are, you take that and you use that and you understand the, how strong that is. Yeah. Go forth and compliment, not look face things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, Mandy, I have had such a great time with you. I know we didn't dive into some of the things that I wanted to talk about today, but I'm hoping that you'll come back on the program and share more about your business and social media and maybe give more tips and tools for our listeners. You know what? That would be great. But I'm really happy the conversation went where it did because it's it's super important and more people need to talk about it. Yes, me too. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the program today. I appreciate uh, everything that you were doing out there on so many levels. Thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting. Oh, you're welcome. And you know, a big shout out to all of our listeners today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Divas That Care. I hope that you take Mandy's call and you give it to your friends and family. You know what, especially if they're listening to what we had just discussed at the end of the program. I know that you're going to want to check out her social media page too. So I'm going to be posting that on our links so that you're able to check that out. Well, everyone, that's it for today. I hope that you have a fantastic day and that you do something kind for somebody. Until next time. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.